This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Primetime with Alex Stein. I'm your host, Primetime 99 Alex Stein, and we're coming to you live from the mother blimp floating around downtown Dallas doing the dirty dirigible dance. Something like this, y'all know, because when you're a pimp on a blimp, you got to keep it freaky deaky, all right, guys? And one of the biggest advantages of owning a solar-powered blimp is the protection it affords you from the impending apocalypse caused by the upcoming massive food and energy shortages that were purposefully created by the global elite to make our lives incredibly hard and stressful while keeping us as a debt slave by making us sign up for a meaningless college loan that you can never ever get out of even if you file for bankruptcy. So with all that being said, I feel pretty safe in this blimp right now, not just because of that, but also because Kentucky Fried Chicken and Colonel Sanders have collaborated for one of the most epic fast food limited time offers of all time. That's right, guys. Introducing the Kentaco. That's right, the freaking Kentaco, guys, which consists of a folded chicken breast stuffed with delicious hot and gooey mac and cheese topped off with some cheddar and provolone. On paper, this is one of the greatest inventions of modern man. But at the exact same time, it's one of the saddest as well. Just the idea of going to KFC and ordering this, unironically, would be insane, but also exhilarating knowing that you're ingesting the synthetic recreation of pure diabetes, which is horrible for your health, but fantastic for your taste buds. It's up to you to choose what's more important. And for me, it's always the synthetic diabetes that I personally crave. So listen, that's enough Kentaco talk for one evening. So let me get to the show that we have this evening. We have a fantastic lineup of guests tonight, starting off with round two of our in-studio guests, the one, the only, Gavin McInnes, not McDonald's. And guys, we're talking way too much about fast food and fried chicken tonight, but, but, but I digress. Our first Skype guest of the evening is legendary NFL broadcaster and sideline reporter for the mainstream media for over two decades, Michelle Tafoya. She's coming on this evening basically because she's been blackballed for not aligning with the political wokeness of the corporate media. So I'm really excited to talk to her about that and see what she'll tell us. And we'll find out if the NFL is truly rigged or not. Also, we have one of the best Antifa exposures to ever walk the planet and a tremendous journalist to boot, Andy No. He's coming on to talk about his latest suspension from Twitter for exposing what may be an inside job at the Twitter headquarters inside the San Francisco-based tech company. So we will see if there's some inside scoop. And finally, we have an incredible guest, the one, the only, Klaus Schwab Jr., the actual son of World Economic Forum leader and future ruler of humanity, Klaus Schwab Sr., the original demon on a dirigible, all right? So I'm a little anxious to see what's on Klaus's agenda tonight, but if there's anything I know about the Schwabs, we may be able to find out how and when human civilization is actually supposed to end on planet Earth. So 
We will see. If you guys aren't ready to rock this evening, I suggest you turn on some Dr. Phil and learn how not to be such a baby back bitch all the time. Because tonight, things are going to get freaky deaky. And I say this with peace and love. Peace and love. Enjoy the show tonight. My grind so refined, I got no time for no games. Ask yourself why would I make time for you lames? At all costs, cause I'm a boss. I'ma break them off, yeah, gotta break them off. We made it, guys! Night number two! Glenn Beck said it wasn't possible. My in-studio guest, Gavin McInnes, they, they predicted that tonight would not exist and they were both wrong. And these guys are very often right. So for me, I'm gonna gloat. I'm a pimp on a blimp. Night number two, we still have a long way to go. I know the first show, starting out of the gate, we have a few hiccups here and there. But overall, I just wanna thank the entire Blaze crew for starting off on a freaking hot one because listen, Primetime 99, it's not easy to produce me, Gavin. You know that. You know well, that you're I, a nightmare. That's what I'm saying. I'm a nightmare. That's why I feel so bad to my producers, Gavin. When you were a kid, your babysitters would quit. Within like 10 minutes, your dad would be at dinner with his <laughs> girlfriend, and they'd have to come back and, and let her go. Yeah, so Gavin and I had a fantastic, uh, fantastic afternoon at the... Grassy Knoll Sixth Floor Museum, where JF Ken or John F. Kennedy was supposedly shot by Lee Harvey Oswald. And at that, uh, whatever, when we were hanging out today, I exposed a little bit about my personal life. And I told you, my dad is a licensed bail bondsman. I'm a licensed bail bondsman as well. He was a single father. He often couldn't get babysitters that would actually stay and babysit me. Because listen, he would go on a date with some girl, some hot date. He would get some young, like college SMU student to try to babysit me within 30 minutes. They would walk out. They say, I'm just leaving your kid here. I'm giving him some cigarettes and some lighters. I don't care what happens to this kid. And, but Gavin, the best part about it is the people that were able to babysit me were the ex-convicts. Because listen, if you are like a home burglarizer, dealing with a freaking eight-year-old kid, that's easy peasy. So you had male babysitters? I had, yes, male. And there a lot of them were ex, I mean, when I say that the... Dark, okay, uh, this is how I describe a, the bail bond business. It can be lucrative, but it's like swimming in a toilet bowl. So like, like this is the, I mean, seriously, it really is. This is the problem is you're dealing with people that are good that may maybe made a mistake. But oftentimes, I guess when you see all this like bail reform stuff, you're like, what is bail reform, right? You hear about it in New York, like what is bail reform? So what they've done is they're basically saying people like my dad and I, we are quote unquote racist because we won't let out certain people out of jail. But the reason why is Gavin, there's one way you get out of jail. You have to have somebody on the outside. So you have to have a loved one or a family member. So the reason these people aren't getting out of jail is not because the bail bonds are racist. It's because they burned every bridge in their <laughs> life and nobody's willing to go out. Nobody on loves them yeah, Exactly. That's what I'm saying. The first, time you go to, the first time you go to jail, somebody's going to get you out, all right? But the 11th time, people are like, <laughs> I'm done getting you out of jail. So the, oftentimes, it's just misconstrued. They say, oh, bail bonds are the racist ones. No, we're the only ones that actually take the risk of getting people out of jail. I mean, making sure people go to court after they get out of jail. So that's and that. then hiring them as babysitters to look after your kid. Well, because it's a kind of a double duty. Because first of all, they owe you money oftentimes on the bail bond fee, so they're oh. kind of they're working it off. So it's listen, we're primetime ninety nine. We're trying to freaking you know turn make a dollar out of fifteen cents, Gavin. And and my dad's an expert at doing that. So yeah. The free babysitters. You guys are also experts at not having socks. Yeah, we don't. We have stinky feet. We don't want to freaking, uh, you know, look at that. No socks here. We're all ankles. This is for all the ankles. And you know, you know how I sold my feet pics to 
a guy in Japan, how I got tricked into... Sh <laughs> Did I not tell you that story? No. Oh, my gosh. I, and I got banned from my local McDonald's. They would oftentimes trick me into going and putting, like, sweet and sour sauce. They would want me to get, like, 25 packets of sweet and sour sauce, right? You only get two sauces per, like, 10 nuggets. So I'd be there, you know, buying, like, 20 nuggets, and I'd ask for 25 sauces, and Deborah, the manager, would be like, we cannot give you this many sauces. I would explain to them that I'm selling these pictures to a man in, in Japan for my OnlyFans, and they were actually pretty cool about it, but I did have to sleep with Deborah. so. Oh, well. Project Veritas has suffered worse losses. Well, speaking of Project Veritas, and we got it, we have somebody on, on the line. I, I, wait, okay, before we get to Project Veritas, Mom, is, is that you? Do, is that you I, I hear? Or why do I hear some buzzing in my ear? Oh, yes, Alex, I'm here. You don't need a shout. Please use your inside voice. I've only been telling you that. I'm 39 freaking years. Mom, I'm not trying to yell. First of all, I'm 23 years old, okay? I'm not yelling. I just could barely hear you. So I needed you to speak a little louder. So quit trying to make me feel like an old man. I'm primetime 99. I'm a young stallion capable of making sweet love three times a year. So don't tell me I'm 39, Mom. Oh, Alex, you've always been young and hot. And by young, I mean you act like you're 12. Yeah, Mom, I have serious arrested development. You know this. My child psychologist diagnosed me at a very young age. Okay, okay, Alex. Mom, how can I ever join you in the metaverse? Like, I enjoy talking to you, but, like, how can I see you? How can I feel you? How can I touch you, Mom? Well, Alex, you have to be dead first. Okay, well, that sounds kind of like a tall order. Well, actually, it's not that hard. Have you heard about the Canadian assisted suicide? Wow, assisted suicide, I mean, not that much. Can you, like, enlighten me a little bit about... Uh, oh, it's this wonderful program just north of the border. The Canadian government will actually pay you to kill yourself and give your family a tax credit. And then I would get to come to the metaverse and join you? Yes, it's very simple. You just have to move across the border, and you and at least one friend or family member has to sell their organs. Okay, I think I can do that. I think we have one of those uncles that's, uh, uh, he's not really mentally well right now. He has dementia, so I'm sure he would donate his organs. I'm sure he would sign the form. And then all I have to do is just go to Canada, and then I can be with you, Mom? Oh, absolutely, honey. That's <laughs> all it takes. Canada, you know, they're very, very progressive with killing their own. Oh, I love progressivism. All right, Mom. All right, I'm going to get back to my guest. Thank you for letting me know how I can see you soon. I'm going to look into it. I promise. Oh. I'm not going to... I know. Okay, I hope you kill yourself soon, honey. I'll see you soon, Mom. Thank you so much. I love you. I miss you. All right, well, it's so good to hear from my mom. Yeah, I miss her already. Yeah, well, you didn't know her that well, but she was a hell of a woman. I'll tell you something. She could smoke cigarettes so fast. The fastest cigarette smoker in the world. Uh... And this, this Canadian, what's it called? A medical assistance in dying? Yeah, assisted suicide. It's, it's badass. It's becoming so common that uh, places that deal with handicapped people are having to put up notices saying, we're not going to kill you. Yeah, well, did you you not can come here to have your wheelchair fixed. We will not send you to the MIID zone. Okay, there was a 19-year-old. You got to. We should have already had this, but we didn't know we'd get into the assisted suicide whole spiel. But there's a 19-year-old YouTuber. I think she's out of France, and she either tried to go to Belgium or Canada because she has schizophrenia to kill herself, and one of her personalities wants to die. And she's like a pretty 19-year-old girl, and they turned her down 
Because Belgium even said that we're, we're tired being a graveyard for France. Oh, my God. That's how many people are doing this. Oh, my God, I mean, is that? I mean, Gavin, honestly, the, the, the world is so bad. I can actually see why a person, and I think suicide is not the answer. Never hurt yourself. But these people, like, they're so tricked under the guise that it's good for climate change. It's good for the environment. These people are killing themselves, and they think they're being magnanimous. There should be one stipulation for MAID, and that is, are you a communist? And it's not unethical to do that at, once you find that out because you're not killing people. You're killing communists. Yeah, but I don't listen. I don't want anybody to die. You know, this like I, I love everybody movement that's kind of started by these people. I actually do feel like that. You know, I, I don't want even my enemies. You're like, yeah, you love Hitler. Well, I don't know about all that. But what I'm saying is this is this is this is my point is that even my enemies I love. I don't want to see get hurt or die. But the people that are in power, the people at the hospital, like when my mom died, they could care less. They see death and like they almost like it. I, I feel like it gives them so much some sort of like trauma cloud. Like I saw another dead body. So I'm more experienced in this and I'm more hardened to, you know, that reality of life. I want AOC to get a soaker. I want Ilhan Omar to have a hemorrhoid. Yeah, but you don't want him to die, dude. No, I don't want him to die. I would love to see Ilhan Omar naked. I know that sounds weird, but she's actually really beautiful, they say. I think she is pretty. What do you think about her looks? Ilhan Omar? Yeah. She's a two. Oh, my. She's not. She's actually prettier than a two. We should have a graphic. I know you say that. You think she's not good looking at all? She looks like a little genie. Like, when I see her, I want to make a wish. And I would wish for her to not be so ugly. Well, she did, you know, marry her brother. So, I mean, I guess yeah, that is that's you're the pretty fugly. That yeah. likes her. <laughs> so I'm saying, if, you, <laughs> if your dad doesn't make your brother marry you, you are pretty ugly. But you know who is not ugly, Gavin? Who? Our next guest. I just want to really, you know, uh, applaud her. Uh, her name is Michelle Tofoya. She was a longtime sideline reporter and broadcaster for the NFL. Uh, she was uh, literally the top of her field. And she's basically been blackballed for, you know, speaking common sense. And so uh, we're lucky enough that she's able to grace us this, this evening. Michelle, welcome to Primetime with Alex Stein. It's such an honor to have you this evening. Well, thank you. I didn't know I had been blackballed, but, well, you know. Oh, well, well, okay, okay, we're being a little exaggeration. We have to make it seem bad, Michelle. You haven't been blackballed, but you know this. Now that you've spoken out, you probably are, you probably do have a target on your back. You're not a victim, Gavin says that, but you have to feel that some sort of way, I believe. You know, I don't pay attention to the people who talk badly about me. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't. Like, on Twitter and all of that, I don't. I don't read it, because there's no point. The people that disagree with me they're they're entitled to disagree with me but the ones who like you know call me things um they don't know me uh, i know me and so i choose not to take that stuff to heart i, I really do yeah i think that's really smart and uh you know we did a little pre-production we we're looking at the mission statement behind your podcast sideline sanity with michelle tafoya and uh, a part that stood out to me was when you say and i say this i have a similar mission statement during these insane times in our world she thinks we need a serious dose of sanity and that's what i'm saying is i agree the world has literally gone insane michelle i mean absolutely insane what was the trajectory of when we weren't insane in your opinion where was the where was the the breaking point Ooh. It's hard to know. I, I think we're like the frog in the pot of water where mm -hmm. they turn on the heat and it goes up one degree every so often. And the frog just doesn't notice. And the next thing he knows, he's dead. You know, um, I, I like that metaphor because it's like that death by inches. So but I do feel like Trump coming into <laughs> office kind of kickstarted some some sort of major reaction, some sort of whiplash that uh, just I. I people that I know and love and thought I understood 
suddenly had this unbelievable view of the world that was to me just sort of like, hold on a minute. You can't tell when the guy is sort of saying stuff just to say it versus what he's actually doing and and serious about. So I, I feel like that kind of jump started things. But I mean, it's been and and I also think the pandemic and the George Floyd episode were major movers um, in terms of the race issue, the race debate that has gotten, I think, so negative and so sad in this country and and. It almost, um, I, I, you know, I want to be careful because yeah. I don't want to be taken out of context here, but it's so divisive and it's 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 crushing people. Uh, so there was that. And, and with that and with all of these different movements came, you know, a little bit more attention to queer theory and gender affirming care and all of this. And there are days I wake up now and I go, really, have I gone down the rabbit hole? Am I are we really in the same place that we were five years ago, because it sure doesn't feel like it. No, Michelle, I mean, they're literally giving mastectomies to 14-year-old children and not even, you know, getting parental consent. So I'd say that's about as far off the ledge as you can go. And Michelle, I want to ask you this, because I know you've made a you know pivot or transition in your career, but I'm a diehard football fan. Obviously, you're a football fan. You know, I mean, some, yeah. of, some of your interviews with Jason Witten. I mean, just, I just as a, you know, I've watched you for so long. I, I have so much respect for you. So I know you don't want to poo-poo on the NFL, but is this is what they say the NFL is. And now at the more base and red pill I'm getting, it's kind of like bread and circuses to distract us. Do you have that vibe? Do you think that the NFL has become almost a political distraction and it's almost not as entertaining anymore because it's become so politicized, in your opinion? I'm afraid that they're going to go the direction of the awards shows, yeah. which, you know, when I was growing up in L.A., like you wanted to watch the Oscars, you wanted to watch the Grammys. And now it's like, no, I don't you'd have to force me, you know, or I did watch the Grammys Sunday because my daughter kind of made me. <laughs> but, you know, I, I it's. I, I do worry about it. The NFL, one of the things that attracted me to it was just this camaraderie that you feel with everyone, that it doesn't matter where you come from, what you look like, what your income is. Nothing matters when you're sitting in a stadium next to fans that are cheering for the same team as you. You're hugging. You're, it's, a, it's a unifying event, but it's become, I think, a little less so. Um, in the wake of, you know, the, the, the national anthem protests. And, and look, I do not begrudge people for speaking their mind, for uh, for kneeling, if that's what they feel they have to do. But then the whole NFL as a league sort of embraced this thing and tried to sort of appease both sides. On one account, they were sort of like, hey, if you're going to kneel, stay in the locker room. Either you either stand for the anthem or you stay in the locker room. That was a mistake. It should have just organically happened that people made their decisions and the less attention and rules, the fewer rules that the NFL put on it, the better off I think we would have been. But at the same time, they wanted you to stand for the anthem. They also decided to implement all of these things um, to support social justice and the rest. And I, I, I just think people want to watch football. Yeah. They just want to watch football. No, seriously, I think that's why the college sports, in my opinion, are better than the professional sports at this point because it just seems more pure. Because my, my, if you just, what I think the biggest issue in the world is that we're not being run by human beings. We're being run by multinational corporations like Pfizer, mm -hmm. Halliburton. They're basically the ones that are telling the politicians what to do and how to do it, like Google, YouTube. I mean, these corporations are so powerful. They literally can control the narrative. So when I look at these leagues, whether it's the NBA or NFL, it's just a multinational corporation. There's probably a lot of good people within the group, but 
yeah. the overall direction that it's heading is this political wokeness, bullcrap. And and listen, racism, all this bad stuff. I'm not saying that this stuff doesn't exist, but by putting end racism in the end zone of an NFL game, it's not going to end racism. As a no, matter of fact, no. it's, it's almost going to make it worse, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think the more people push one way, the harder, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And I think that that's that that can happen here. And I think it's just for a lot of people, and I know many of them, it's just turned them off to to watching the games. They don't want to be lectured by players or coaches or the NFL as a league. They don't want to, they feel like, like you do, like, okay, wait, you're putting that message in the end zone and you think that's what's <laughs> going to impact yeah. the world, that it's on the back of a helmet, that's going to change my mind. Or, you know, or it, it's just sort of, it's it's almost I don't want to say it's trivializing it. And I do believe that their their instincts and their 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 intentions are good. Mm-hmm. But the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I just hope we aren't going to hell. No, but it you, feels like we are. <laughs> it, well, I think we are almost already are there. But I think you nailed it with that. I mean, listen, literally the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You think you're doing something good and it's like uh, absolutely terrible for society. Uh, but one thing is, you know, they consider you now conservative and I'm considered conservative. Really, I, I think I'm even almost more centrist. But how many closet conservative or closet Republicans? Because these are multimillionaire athletes. I'm sure a lot of them yeah. are freaking don't want to be taxed. I mean, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't want to be if I made a hundred million dollar contract. So how many uh, of the league or these professional athletes, in your opinion, are closeted conservatives? You know, I, uh, I don't know. I really mm-hmm. don't know. I think a lot. Yeah, I but think so. Too. Is that 50 percent? Is it 40 percent? I'm not sure exactly. I've had conversations where, you know, I'm talking to an athlete who's because I have his game on Sunday night or had his game on Sunday night. And and you sort of start to talk in code. Yeah, you know, like the things that you know that ah, I see what you're saying there. Yep, I agree with you. Uh, no, I won't write it down. You know that kind of stuff, and and that happened that happened a lot. But I, I don't know if that makes them conservatives, Republicans, independents. I don't know what or just really sensible, you know, centrists. I'm not sure what that makes them, but I do think I, I certainly know behind the scenes. Uh, in and around the NFL, there are there are there are a lot of conservatives. Yeah, no, definitely, especially with these you know multi million dollar contracts. Like I said, anybody with half a brain starts realizing you know you go from a, a socialist to a freaking a pauper really quick when you get that big check. You don't want to give it away. I don't blame it. Okay, so so we got to wrap things up. I know you're super busy, but uh, just uh, two more questions. What was like, the most you know memorable sideline interaction, tragedy thing, cringe moment? Kind of what is like the one thing that you know sticks out the most of all your years on the sideline? Well, there are a couple. There's one when, when Brett Favre became a Minnesota Viking. Yeah, that was a big and deal, yeah. It, it, I had the Monday night football game where Minnesota hosted the Green Bay Packers. Uh-huh. It was Brett Favre facing Aaron Rodgers for the first time in Favre won. And I remember before the game, uh, my boss said to me, hey, Michelle, if Favre wins, you take as much time in the post game with the interview as you want. And I was like, yes. So I did. But that was one. Um, and then when Gary Kubiak, who was then the head coach of the Houston Texans, collapsed on the field at halftime and my job suddenly became less about sports and more about a life and death situation that we had on our hands. And it, it really it, it, it was so intense and so it required a different kind of focus, um, a different kind of care with the reporting. So those are two that that immediately come to mind. Gosh, there have been so many. I've been so fortunate to cover some of the most awesome moments in Olympic sports and in the NFL and even the NBA. So 
it, you know, it, I'm, too I'm just many to I, name. I, no, Michelle, you don't. Yeah, I know. L listen, you've been to the, the like most iconic sporting events uh, of all time, so I know it's probably a laundry list. Okay, last thing we want to say. Listen, everybody knows about the Joe Namath, Susie Colbert, where he came onto her on the sideline. So you have to say this. Well, has, have any of these athletes, maybe they were so happy after a game, have they ever come on to you, Michelle? You are a very beautiful, well-spoken, articulate lady. I would be very attracted to you. I just say that, you know, uh, openly. So I imagine I'm sure these athletes would feel the same way. So did you ever have to deal with that? I never had to deal with something like what Susie did. Okay. I had an athlete call me gorgeous at the end of a. But of you a, are gorgeous. That's not a big deal. That's no, not that. It was. That it, was it was funny. Yeah, Al yeah. Michaels made fun of it for months to come. He'd yeah. say, "He called you gorgeous. He called you gorgeous." Yeah. But uh, that's that's as close as no. Everyone was very well behaved. Okay, well, you always hear these rumors, you know, these athletes are some of the wildest people. Oh, that's the other thing, too. You know, the, the league safety, I know we got to let you go. I personally like the NFL when it was more dangerous. Where do you kind of see the league going? Do you think when you and I are dead and gone, will they be playing flag football in 100 years? And Oh, gosh, <laughs> it is so hard to imagine. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are like you. They like the hitting. They like yeah. the violent hits. It is hard. Listen, when you're down there on field level and you can hear a hit – or you see a player get tackled in front of you and you think to yourself, there's no way he's standing up. There's, how is this guy going to stand up after what just happened? And he stands up. And it's just remarkable. Um, you know, I, I look, you want to minimize injuries. You want these guys to be healthy. But I, I think uh, flag football would not sell TV contracts the way that the NFL does. No, and I'm going to tell this story real quick. Steven Nicholas, my freshman year, I got hit so hard by a guy that got drafted in the third round by the Atlanta Falcons. His name was Steven Nicholas. They called him Snake. They had to give me the smelling salts. I'm telling you, Michelle, I tried to quit that day. Luckily, the room, <laughs> my roommate was the quarterback's coach's son, so they made me stay on and finish the semester, but I'm just saying it's a violent game. It it's, a, it's a fun game, but it is not for the soft or the weak. It really takes a certain person to, to not only be able to make it to the NFL, but last in the NFL. That is really uh, hard, especially it, when that— It's remarkable. The it's average remarkable. career is like, what is it, like eight months? Three or, or I don't four know, years. Yeah, three or four it's, years. No, it's so. like four, three to five years. Yeah. What, what Tom Brady did was unbelievable. And but at the same time, quarterbacks have become super duper protected, right? That the, the yeah. rules protect the quarterbacks. So I think uh, I think we may see trends toward, you know, protecting wide receivers a little bit more. I don't know, but it's 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 going to change. It's it's going to change little by little. I just hope they don't wreck the game entirely. Yeah, boiling the frog in water is the same thing with a freaking NFL. Okay, thank you so much, and Michelle. Before you go, tell everybody where they can find you and what's the best way we can support you. Please subscribe. Sideline mm -hmm. Sanity. We're everywhere you find podcasts, the Salem Podcast Network, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we have a lot of fun. You can follow me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Tafoya as well. Well, it's an honor and a privilege. Go have a good evening. Thank you again, Michelle. So nice to meet you. See you. It's nice to meet you. Thanks a lot for the time. Bye. All right, guys. That was Michelle Tafoya. I know, Gavin, you didn't say much. What did you think about Michelle? We uh, actually had a big fight uh, this morning. <laughs> Over Twitter or what, yeah. on Twitter? Or? No, we just, uh, we, she is obsessed with BLTs, and she doesn't like them with toast. And I'm no. like, that's not a BLT. No, first of all, he's talking about this Gavin, and I actually have a picture. I should have sent this here. I'm going to pull it up because you're not going to be able to see it. Gavin had the most delicious BLT for lunch, and you complain. It looked delicious, but the bread was not toasted enough. BLTs require toasted bread. Who doesn't know that? Non-toasted bread in a sandwich? It seemed it's toasted. Like socks. I know this. I know we're arguing no, about there toast. There was a slight brown hue to it. It's got a crunch. 
I mean, I guess. I mean, uh, what, what are we going to do? We're sitting here arguing semantics, all right? So, uh, listen, what we're not going to argue about, though, is with our next guest, because this guy is absolutely insane. Uh, we're going to welcome on a very surprised guest. This is the man who actually inspired Sam Smith's bizarre Grammy performance, the devil himself. Whoa. Good evening, uh, Satan, Lucifer. Should I call you Lou? Oh. I prefer Mr. Devil. Ah, okay, Mr. Devil. Uh, how are you doing today? Uh, hello, Alex. Uh, I've been better. You've been better? I mean, typically uh, I tell my guests, hey, you know, it's an honor to have you on. But uh, I'm not sure it's an honor to have on the devil. Uh, but since you reached out, uh, I wanted to let you come on the show and set the record straight on Sam Smith's Grammy performance. So, what are your thoughts, Mr. Satan? Oh, uh, it's Mr. Devil. Oh, excuse um, me, sorry. Yeah, Alex. Sorry, Mr. Devil. I admit that it's ironic for the devil to be doing PR, but I have to speak out against that performance. Okay, so you didn't like it. So, uh, I heard that the singer Sam Smith, you know, he was trying to do a devil-inspired theme. I mean, doesn't that make you feel happy? Don't you like that? Um... No, uh, let's just say I'm not exactly thrilled about it. I mean, I'm the devil. I represent all evil, but even that was a little too much for me. I mean, have you seen the performance? It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was bad, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just confused. Wasn't he representing you? Shouldn't you like this? I'm just very confused. He's literally dressed as you, Mr. Devil. Alex... I have a certain reputation to uphold, you know. Yeah. I'm supposed to be big and bad. I can't be associated with Sam Smith and that kind of cheesy performance. So you're not a fan of Sam Smith, who is not only non-binary, but he or she is one of the bravest and most beautiful souls. And listen, you have to respect all non-binary people no matter what, Satan. Alex... Do you know how much Sam Smith has hurt my brand? People are supposed to fear me. But now, people think I'm just like Sam Smith, the biggest pussy on earth. <laughs> He's not a pussy, Mr. Devil. He's a brave, beautiful transgender like Caitlyn Jenner. Alex, do you remember when lockdown started and Sam Smith posted a picture of himself crying in his mansion because he was worried about lockdowns? Like, real people were suffering, but he is such a clueless weedy that he decided to show himself bawling next to his enormous <laughs> swimming pool. Hey, just because you have millions and millions and millions of dollars doesn't mean that your life wasn't hard during the lockdowns. I mean, Sam Smith, he couldn't go to brunch. He couldn't go on his private jet for nearly six weeks. I mean, how would that make you feel? Uh, I mean, Alex, did you also see his outfit after the Grammys? Can you get your producer? Oh, yeah. Look at that, Alex. Uh, Real intimidating. And that's what I'm associating. I'm never going to be taken seriously again. Okay, Mr. Know-It-All. So what do you think uh, the Devil's performance at the Grammy should have looked like? Oh, now that's a good question. The perfect Devil performance would be anything with this singer. 
Oh my God, get that off the screen. Who is that? Is that Madonna? Get that, get her off my screen right now. What the, I can't deal with this anymore, devil. Get her out of here. Bye, Alex. <laughs> Bye, Mr. Devil. See you soon. See you soon. I'm not gonna sell you my soul either. I know you want that thing, so. No, all right. So that was the devil. Yeah. That's pretty cringe. Okay, the devil's kind of cringe, you know? Yeah. What are you going to do? He's not that funny. He's not a comedian. The devil's not Jerry Seinfeld, Gavin. That, I'm that, sorry. That reeked. I'm sorry that the devil is not freaking Kevin Hart. He's not over here doing the freaking Kings of Comedy tour and dancing <laughs> around like he's Steve Harvey with a huge mustache. He's the reincarnation of hell. He's the devil. He's not going to be funny. All right, but with that, guys, I want to make sure that you go to PimpOnABlimpShop.com for the best merch. The code is BLIMP10 for $10 off. And guys, remember it. You need to go and get that merch and wear it to church because that's the only way you're going to stay holy and eat that ravioli or if you're Italian, eat that cannoli. So go on PimpOnABlimpShop.com. Go support us. What's the, the, the AOC one, the Big Booty Latina? Big Booty Latina, yes. That's the best one. That is the best one. I, you know, I'll be honest. Yeah, the, some of my ideas didn't necessarily make the cut of the of the merch, but they will. And my merch is going to be something that is not oh, legal. Oh, it's great. No, no, I'm talking about the stuff we have not designed yet. It's going to literally be illegal. It's going to be probably disgusting. It'll be, if you wear it, you will be <laughs> investigated by the uh, SBLCU. Is that Southern Poverty Law Center? Yeah, SBLC. Yes. Not to be confused with the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, the SCLC. But that is a right-wing group. No, that's Martin Luther King's group. Oh, that's Martin Luther, well. Run by Charles Abernathy, and then uh, they love you. Ralph Abernathy, but then the SPLC was formed, and they also had an Abernathy, and they siphoned the donations from the SCLC to the SPLC. Wow, it's almost... Evil, evil it's, corporation. It's almost as if, like, the Black Lives Matter, all that funding went to Joe Biden. I guess that would be impossible, correct? Scam artists. What we do you need think? To, we need to start scamming. I, that's why I like Santos. What, what do you mean? I'm li just, what, liars. Well, I want to hear your Santos take. I won Grifter of the Year of 2022. Let's grift. I know. I mean, well, I've tried to do some internet scams. They're actually a lot harder. But uh, it's not that easy to freaking Steal votes. Look, elections are over. We can't trust the electoral Elections are anymore. all correct. Every election they've ever had has been the most accurate election to ever exist. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, let's steal elections. Let's let's. I want uh, to get two thousand and one mules. Okay. Well, listen. No mules. This was the greatest election ever. Joe Biden is the most popular president to ever exist. All eighty-one million votes were legal, and yeah, some of the people were dead, but they died right after they voted. So everything was totally. Who do you legal. think is stupider, Fetterman or Biden? Like, say they had uh, uh, they had to do a third-grade arithmetic test. Well, to be fair, when they ask like any adult to do like a fifth grade test, they all fail it, right? So right, yeah. you and I, I mean, we'd all fail it. But if I really had to choose between Fetterman or Biden, I think Biden is more put together than Fetterman. Yeah, especially when he gets his Adderall blast in his butt cheek. Yeah, because he actually has some fight in him. Fetterman is just like... Fetterman's lost. <laughs> yeah, he's like, where am I? Are we here right now? What does he say? The Eagles are going to beat the Eagles. They're way better than the Eagles. Well, our next guest is one of the biggest NFL football fans to ever exist. No, I'm kidding. He probably doesn't even watch the NFL, but he's a legendary journalist. 
he, uh, he constantly puts himself in harm's way to cover Antifa and other violent groups that are in the United States as well as all over the world. He's also known as the bad boy of Twitter because apparently Twitter doesn't appreciate Andy No constantly exposing these terrible people. Without further ado, here is the hottest Asian man alive, Andy No. I didn't write that, Andy. I, you are a very beautiful man. I don't know why. Well, Jamie, why would you write that? Why would we already talking about Andy's beauty, the first thing? I'm, I apologize, Andy. You are a very handsome man. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Alex. Okay, well, listen, Andy, you're, you know, full stop. Andy's a friend of mine. We spent, you know, a lot of time hanging out, uh, you know, not off the record, I guess you'd say. Um, so I know the real Andy No. I feel like you are, you know, like a really nice person. You know, I'm sure Antifa would view you as, you know, like the reincarnation of the devil. But why do the people at Twitter hate you, Andy? Well, uh, on Tuesday night this week, I was locked out of my account because, um, well, actually, I didn't really know why at first. When, when I logged in, it said you had violated Twitter rules, and I just left it blank uh, when it was supposed to specify. Then uh, people were letting me know off the platform that if they went to my wall, you could see it was just say, this tweet violated the rules, this tweet violated the rules one after the other. And they all related to my um, news reporting on Anti for the last couple of days. Um, I then later saw that the head of um, trust and safety for Twitter had posted that um, by posting screenshots of Antifa accounts um, directing people to a violent direct action, inciting violence, that I was amplifying um, that those violent messages. And that was apparently a violation of Twitter rules. Um, I... I think I understand that argument, but I think it's mis it's uh, hugely misguided because it's not amplification when a journalist um, doc pre presents primary evidence of how Twitter is used by far less violent extremists. What happens is it actually nullifies the threat because now the public is aware, potentially law enforcement, and also the targets of those violence because those posts were made regardless of I screenshotted them and brought attention to them or not. They're already out there. They already, um, what I did was break it out of the silos of the far left part of some sections of Twitter. Well, so you're still banned. Do you have an appeal process? What is the next step for you in getting your Twitter back? Um, so, you know, when you when a tweet is found to be in violation, you have the option of um, deleting it and gaining access to your account right away. Or you can appeal, which can take days or weeks. Uh, I chose to appeal all five of those uh, tweets that Twitter said was a violation. And uh, on on Twitter, there were a lot of people who were bringing, you know, my colleagues at the Post Millennial and others bringing attention to that. This seems to be a misapplication of the terms of service. Um, within 24 hours, my account <laughs> was unlocked. However, um, and those tweets were restored, by the way. However, it's still a bit unclear how I can report on this beat moving forward if every time I post a screenshot of Antifa promising violence that then I'm the one who ends up being punished. Yeah, so, and, I, and I sent you a message. I thought it was mass flagging, and you said that. You didn't think that was the case. So do you think it was somebody on the inside of Twitter that may have been, uh, you know, just like, hey, we're shutting... Because you saw Yoel Roth, 
even today, or excuse me, I think it was yesterday when they said that he said that libs of TikTok should have been banned. So you know that they're probably like, we got to get rid of Andy. No, he's got over a million followers. He's exposing all these, you know, Antifa freaking pedo creeps. And those are the people they want to protect the most. So do you think it was could be possibly an inside job at Twitter? You know, I don't. I don't have evidence either way, and I don't want to speculate. Um, the reason why I don't think that it was just uh, an automatic triggering due to mass uh, reporting is because um, Twitter's trust and, and safety had uh, had was posting publicly yesterday responding that, you know, um, why my particular tweets were seen as a violation. So, you know, she had acknowledged that she was aware of it. So it it seemed to be, you know, it was a conscious decision um, by Twitter trust and safety, which at least temporarily they have reversed that decision. Although, um, like I said, it's it's unclear moving forward um, what what their rule is, you know, as the current terms of service doesn't uh, prohibit somebody from screenshotting a post on Twitter and reposting it. So this is kind of like an ad hoc rule. And and like I said, you know, I, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. There's lots of variables that you and I are probably not aware of when it comes to, you know, trying to manage this huge um, social media platform. Um, but censoring or, or asking journalists to censor their reporting on things that are on Twitter, um, you know, it. You know, in some instances, that makes entirely sense, right? Like, you don't want to repost screenshots of, I don't know, if there's abusive material that's on it, for example, or where children are shown in some compromised or abused way. And that stuff, you know, we'll, reposting it, you know, it would be criminal as well. But things about, like, people directing. So, for example, one of my tweets that was um, banned for a day was reposting uh, one of the flyers um, uh, from an Antifa account directing people to violently shut down a TPUSA event at the University of Oregon. Yeah, but well, Eddie, why the heck would they shut you down for sharing the flyer that they already posted on Twitter? I mean, I understand how that would be bad because oftentimes, I guess, because you, you're sharing their call to violence, is that what is, you're spreading their, you're amplifying their violence? Is that why you think that's, quote unquote, illegal according to the terms of service? Uh, that was the argument that was put forward by Twitter um, uh, trust and safety. God, that's so dumb. You can't freaking expose that. Okay, well. Andy, can I oh, ask yeah, something? Please. And we have Gavin McInnes uh, uh, on the show as well. Andy, man, I've been meaning to ask you for a while. Why don't you like me? What? What? Now we have heat. The guy uh, hates my guts. No, Andy doesn't hate you. Andy likes you probably. No, I, I tried I don't to even... get him to, for an interview for my book on Proud Boys, and he said no. Well, maybe he doesn't want to talk to you, Gavin. Andy's well, busy, man. I like you. Why don't you like me? Um, <laughs> hi, Gavin. <laughs> um, I have nothing against you uh, personally. You know, we I get lots of media inquiries, and sometimes I'm not able to to answer every re request. Yeah, so Gavin. So not Andy, only do you not like me, but you don't even want to tell me I why. I think he likes you. I think Andy. No, Andy's one of the nicest guys I know. I'm not I, saying he's not a nice guy. Great the worst guy. Thing I can say is he has bad taste in dudes. Well, listen, he probably doesn't want to get kicked off the world and get on a no okay, fly then list. Say or, that. Say I like you a lot. I want to be your friend, but I don't want to get kicked off Twitter because you have a swarm of bees around you. Well, I. But can we secretly be friends? Say that. I think you should secretly be friends with Gavin. But at the same time, Gavin, you did indirectly start the biggest domestic terrorist group in America. 
American history. Right. That's fighting Antifa for him. I agree. We're no, trying no. to get him on milkshake. <laughs> and he doesn't even want to hang out with me. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to try to connect you two. But but it's it's funny you speak of milkshake. Secretly send me messages where you say, can we st- please be friends? Andy, he wants to be your friend. Uh, so if we can I'm be friends. I'm fine with secret friends. You guys can be secret friends. Okay. Enough of the secret friends, Andy. Thank you for coming on so much. Uh, I just want to say, listen, we got to... I need you to freaking be able to expose these people. So if you are amplifying their rallies and their hate, because I've shared those, telling people to counter-protest that. So that now I'm worried about losing my account. So I, I don't know what kind of dystopian future we live in where a journalist can't even expose actual protests and acts of violence. So I'm a little worried for the future, but I'm honored to be your friend. Don't worry about Gavin. He's had a couple margaritas. So, you know, we'll just we're going to put him to bed. But Andy, thank you for being so great coming on the show and tell people where they can find you and how they can support you. Uh, I'm an independent journalist, so I, I do really depend on the support of those to, you know, like my research, my writings. And unfortunately, I have a lot of security costs because of the um, the threats of violence against myself and um, my family. Uh, my website is andy-ngo.com. And um, yeah, please check it out. And thanks for having me on. You're the best, Andy. I'll see you soon. Uh, hopefully you. Uh, hopefully here in the States or maybe across the pond. Be good. Stay safe. Uh, I know you will. And uh, keep on exposing these people. I, I really appreciate when you do that, Andy. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, yeah, you pissed off Andy. He seemed mad at the end. He was mad. It's hard to tell with Asians when It's hard mad, to tell when Andy's mad. He, he was seemed, mad at the end. He, I could see him seething. He's mad. He's a little mad. What, did, what, what was the beef, though? You asked him to do what for I, you? I'm writing this book on Proud Boys, and I asked him to interview him, and he said no. <laughs> that hurt my feelings. I know. People hate it. There's people that are so mad at me, not because I even said no, because I've had to reschedule going on people's podcasts, so I get why it's like... It's annoying when people say no or reschedule. It is a well, pain. Well, when it's one of your own... See, my problem is I come from punk rock. Yeah. Where you would go to someone's house in, like, Utrecht in the <laughs> Netherlands, and they're like, oh, come on in. You sleep on the floor, and we'll trade records and mixtapes and stuff. So then I come into the real world, and I'm like, well, we're on the same fr- side. We're friends. Can I no. crash at your house? Like, even when I see Glenn back, I'm like... Am I staying at your house tonight? <laughs> yeah. And he's that like, is what? Gavin's Get away in, from me. Gavin's been walking around the studio in his underwear. Literally, we, uh, we didn't even I get I got him. locked out of the green room. But you're in your underwear. I went outside. I heard someone screaming. I thought they were in pain. I went to help them, and then I couldn't get back in. Gavin just, you used to, this is the same guy Gavin would do stand-up for an hour completely nude. Just admit that you love people to see your wiener. Just admit it. I don't hate it. <laughs> see, you know what's funny? When you do, when you do nude stand-up, all of the, like the women, their eyes are like normal range. All the guys go like this instantly. And yeah. they only look at like the top of your head because they don't want to. Scope out the junk. Duh! What the, I mean, why were they even there? I think I would. I would probably leave. I well, think it wasn't just, announced. It wasn't like oh, nude night. Okay, okay, okay. So they didn't even know what they were. I trying. sprung the wiener on them. So you trolled them with your wiener. Wow. Yeah. That, and that's a lot of trolling. That's eleven inches of trolling. And I think that's a lot of crime. I think. That's, I, think that, I think that I never is, thought of that. Yeah, it think, was probably illegal. That is sexual assault. Yeah, brother. That is assault to expose yourself to a crowd. Un- Not if you that, grow your hair long and call yourself a female swimmer. Yeah, that's true. Then you can tuck it and you can freaking show it to anybody in the locker room. No, you're all right. We live in a weird world where, like, you can't show your breast, but if you have a mastectomy, you can't show. I don't. I don't even want to get into the rules because they're becoming so cloudy and convoluted. How could it, how could even the technocracy follow these rules? In clown world today, yeah, you can be a long-haired person, man, and have an erection around young girls, and that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah, but okay, let's. Pardon me. 
No, no, literally, there's, I don't even want to talk about this video because I don't want people to search it. So there's this person, they have over 100,000 followers on Twitter. I saw it was a viral video, and it was an account like similar to Andy where they kind of expose these trans people. And this video is, I mean, I'm not even kidding, guys. This is so gross. It's a trans person. It's a guy, and he wears this like latex thing, so the face looks like a woman. Oh yeah, that's a weird trend. And they were, yeah, it's the weirdest trend. So this, it's a human body, but with this latex. So it's a guy and a human wearing a latex mask, so it looks like a woman, like it looks like a prosthetic thing, you know, mask. And there's a video that went viral. I, I, I'm talking about it. I don't even want to see it. He's ja he has a little mini skirt. She has a mini skirt on, right? She's like jacking it. Oh, this rings a bell. Yeah, it, it, it's got millions of views, and it was on Twitter, and a girl walks into the bat. The, the, the transgender person is filming like porn. They're like trying to be weird. Yeah, yeah, And like yeah. publicly yeah, masturbating that. in a woman's restroom. So get this, this is the video. It is a transgender man dressed as a woman publicly masturbating in a bathroom, and another woman walks in and doesn't say a word. And you're like, did that woman notice it? How did she not notice it? Why and, didn't she leave? Yeah, why did she leave? And so the person put it on their OnlyFans, or they have like a paywall content porn thing, so it just went super viral. So what I'm saying is, listen, I don't want to be transphobe, I don't want to be homophobic, but why are men allowed to change in a woman's locker room? Why is Leah Thomas allowed, even if Leah Thomas is a woman, Leah Thomas has her balls and cock hanging out next to other females while Leah Thomas is still attracted to women. Here's the deal. <laughs> Leah Thomas is a ago, lesbian. Like in the 80s and 90s, they said Archie Bunker is toxic. These, these cis white males have to go. We have to smash the patriarchy. We're going to come up with a much fairer system. And I think a lot of us Archie Bunker types went, uh, all right, I actually don't want to have to guard the door for <laughs> yeah. the rest of my life. Let's see what you got. They made a world much more dangerous, much more toxic. Children are vulnerable. Women are vulnerable. Gays are vulnerable. Yeah. We've got lesbians chopping their tits off under their new matriarchy. So I think it's time to put Arch back in the driver's seat because everyone is better off in an Archie Bunker patriarchy, especially minorities, gays, women, children, the normal victims. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the people, you know, they message me and, you know, because uh, I go to like the trans rallies or, you know, we're like the and sexual indoctrination of, of kids. And even the trans or the gay community are, are against it. It's called the, have you ever heard of a TERF, trans exclusionary? I'm a TERF. Yes, I'm saying trans exclusionary radical feminist. So there's lesbians that are like the biggest enemy to trans people. So I'm just saying it's, it's just so messy. It's so confusing. And there was a time, I know you you know this is like a punk rock guy, and, and I see these messages from people where they're like, you know, gender bending used to be harmless and it was kind of like a phase type thing. And now when a kid gender bends, they're like, here's hormones. You're forever stuck in that sex. Yeah, it's always existed. Yeah, it's always it's existed. Been very, very esoteric fringe. Yeah. Now it's stealing our luggage and <laughs> yeah. containing the nuclear codes. And getting, yeah, literally, the nuclear, whatever, <laughs> the guys in charge of the nuclear codes or whatever the hell Sam Britton was in charge of. And then, I mean, on top of that, Dylan Mulvaney, who is, you know, famous for transitioning, get the female feminization surgery, I think was a woman for less than a year and got to go visit Joe Biden in the White House. So it's, it's not just like the debauchery that's happening it's the rewarding of it that is so who do you think is dumber dylan mulvaney or joe biden well i know dylan mulvaney is smarter than joe biden because dylan mulvaney has been able to pull this whole grift off and as a king grifter i know this he got the facial feminiz feminization surgery he calls his tuck job a barbie pouch <laughs> if he was a real badass he would cut off his dick, but he's too big of a wimp. Dylan Mulvaney <laughs> is so good at manipulation, he's brainwashed himself into thinking that this character is real. 
Yeah, no, it's it's kind of weird. It's like the 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 kayfabe becomes real. Like the Undertaker can't break out of the Undertaker. All right. Speaking of how great the world is, uh, I, I really want to bring on probably one of the most important people. Uh, to the entire world right now. But before I bring on our next guest, I do want to say this, because remember, if you guys want to catch Primetime with Alex Stein, we need you to go out and subscribe to the YouTube page, all right? And not only subscribe, please hit the bell for the notifications. I know this is a cliche. Everybody says it. Watch it, like it, subscribe it, share. But we need you to share it and like it and watch it. I cannot get fired yet. All right, so I need your support. I finally have a good job. My dad's finally kind of proud of me. Please, go like it, for the love of God. Please. All right, uh, with that being said, we're going to welcome on our very special guest. You probably have heard of his dad, Klaus Schwab Sr., who's a leader of the World Economic Forum, as well as uh, I called him the, you know, the original demon on a dirigible. We have his son, on Skype, Klaus Schwab Jr. Are you there, Klaus Jr.? Hello, my slabs. It's your favorite Olajar, Klaus Schwab Jr. Happy to be a prime time with Alex Stein. We are, you know, since we seen each other in Dallas, you have, you know, expanded your empire, right, for you. Well, I think uh, you were a big help in that when I... Uh, when I sat in that coffin and you urinated on me and made me drink the blood of a cat, <laughs> I've been all aces. I mean, I don't think I've really uh, missed a free throw since, as they say. Well, I hear that you have the toxoplasmas, the cat shit brain already, so yes. this is why you survived this. <laughs> oh, this okay. Good for you. Oh, wow. So I would have died. So normally people would die in that uh, in that ritual. Okay, so, but uh, Klaus, I want to introduce you. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with uh, domestic terrorist Gavin McInnes? Oh, um, you mean William Randolph Hurstings? Yes, that's one of the other names I go by. Uh, oh, Klaus uh, Schwab Jr. Is is your sort of globalism going to continue into perpetuity? Like a lot of people talk about Soros dying and then it'll be done, but Soros's son is going to continue the thing. Uh, is it the Alex. same with you? Yes, Alex is a great friend for me. Um, you know, this is just the fourth industrial revolution. You know, um, and this will. You know, before I want to say something, you were speaking like ignorant times about equitable access to the bathrooms mm -hmm. or the sports competition. You know, I think that you guys are really like stuck in the past for this. And it's kind of like boggling my mind. Your ESG score goes down after this episode will air for you. <laughs> um, but like, let's say, for example, you walk into farm with the cows and the pigs or the eggs or some things. And um, you only eat like these things. You do not eat the earth's worms, you know, the flies on the wall. You do not eat the mosquito off the cow's back. You're like very limited in your scope. Like a farm is like a harem if you have an open mind for this. Wow, Klaus Schwab. No, that is really smart. So, so listen, I mean, I'll be honest. I love KFC. I love Kentucky Fried Chicken. But your dad wants to make us eat bugs. I mean, is there going to be Kentucky Fried Lizards, Kentucky Fried Beetles? I mean, how are you going to make this thing palatable to all the fat Americans like myself? You know, you just baby steps. You know, first you, like people like the Beatles, the rock band, for example. We yeah. have multi-generation plants. 
you know, now we're making uh, burgers where you blend them, you make them into the patties for you with the queso, the cheese for this, and then, you know, you get some used to the hamburger, for example. You know, you use, let's say, you know, when we introduced Satanism into Christianity, we just went with their holiday and then we just make it into a tree or something instead of that loser on the cross. Well, that is true. Jeremiah 10, it does say not to cut a tree and adorn it with gold and silver. So that is crazy because that was a pagan ritual that has now been uh, branded as the number one holiday that uh, Americans celebrate. Kind of crazy that it happens. Okay, Klaus, we got to go soon, but uh, but real quick, I want to ask you, listen, you and I both know the world is going to end in a nightmare. It's going to be a disaster, the apocalypse, it's impending. How is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And how can I protect myself and my cats from impending doom. The empire is making this for you. We are putting out the hints with the fourth industrial revolution how to survive and you ignore it. You know, first of all, we make the chemtrails to hold the nature against us. We make the chemtrails and are the clouds not man pregnant, you know? So this is how you can survive. But like, for example, like harp on weather modification, this is to keep off the climate change, you know? Like we use, we put the chemtrails and then we shoot the laser beam on the frequency. You know, like if woman finds us disgusting, you know, to make nature go along, you just shoot like laser right at her vagina until it's wet for you, just like the rain in the chemtrails. So, you know, there's always a technological solution for well, no, and I like that. But real quick, elaborate on the vaginal lasers. Are these are these Catholic are those space Jewish lasers? Space yeah, are they lasers? Jewish space lasers? What kind of vaginal lasers are these women, you know, getting hit with? Well, it is still in DARPA technology, breeding, bursting farm. You know, we keep uh, certain traditions alive from Germany's. You know, but uh, sometimes the ladies are like, oh, I don't want to make this, and they're in the experiment. So this is how this started. You know. Wow. Well. Klaus, listen, I know you're busy, but I, I want to have you on anytime you want. Please reach out. I'm so happy that we're able to get you on this evening. I know, uh, I mean, taking over the world is a, it's a big proposition, and you making time for us is really thoughtful, and I appreciate that. Goodbye for now. Yeah, very soon we will own everything, and you will own nothing. I am your God. Goodbye for now. Thank you, Klaus. Wow, that you was think? prophetic at the end. Did you catch that last part? Yeah, that was pretty dark. I'm your god. Yeah, I'm into eating bugs and living in a pot. The problem is the dry heaving. No, but this is what they do. So listen, this is the the conspiracy is like all the intubation with COVID is that in the very near future, which nah, we only have a few minutes left in the show, but let me hold, put this is that they say you're going to be in a pod, basically intubated, and in that pod you're going to be in a vanilla sky. So let's say you always wanted to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. In the pod, you're going to be intubated, right? And you're going to have a digital mm -hmm. connection to your spinal cord. And in that digital universe, the same one that my mother's in right now, you can be the captain of the football team. You can be whatever your dream. Can I just be me? I like this That's guy. what I'm saying. You can be that guy. But Andy No might not. But no, I Andy do. No doesn't like you, and I like Andy No. But this is what they say is in the metaverse or in this pod is they're going to have something hooked up to your genitals. You're going to be able to literally ejaculate thousands of times a day in the future. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Well, I already ejaculate like... Twice, so I don't know, a thousand wouldn't be that bad. Eh, once every two days, the chubby broad. 
I got to get it out. I got to clear the pipes. But this this show's not about clearing the pipes. And it's been a great freaking episode. So freaking go like, subscribe. And also, if you like the audio-only podcast, you don't want to see my pretty face or Gavin's pretty mug, you can listen and download that wherever you get your freaking podcast. And I'm telling you, if you go leave a review, I'm going to go read every single one. Because not enough people leave reviews on the audio-only podcast. So please, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. I'm going to read it. If it's good, I might share it. And if it's bad, I might share it too. Who knows? So go out there. Let me know what you think about the show. This is episode number two. And I just want to say before we go, Gavin, thank you so much for being my first oh, in-studio guest. Me. It was an honor. I'm not being sarcastic. That sounded sarcastic. Wow. I no, I know. But I, I'm just telling you, it's really kind of surreal. And I, you've been using that word too much. A guy like you, Gavin, I've watched for years and, you know, call out the establishment. Obviously, I, you know, look up to you. I consider you like a mentor. It's kind of weird how that we're friends and we actually argue about stupid stuff. And it's just kind of weird. Uh, so not trying to get hokey-dokey, but it is. Your dreams can come true. It can happen to you. But nobody's going to make it happen unless you do it yourself. So you've got to take some accountability. Do not be a victim. you got to be a pimp on a blimp, just like Gavin. So thank you to Gavin. Thank you to Andy No. Especially thank you to Michelle Tafoya for coming on and making time. And remember to go out and support Klaus Schwab Jr. He's going to be a regular guest on the show. He's one of my very good friends. And uh, after we drink all that cat blood, it's going to be hard for him not to be my best friend. You know what I mean? Uh, so that is our program tonight. But you know how we end every show. You know how we do it, even though it's the second episode. We end things with a freaking bang, because I got more bars than Shawshank Redemption. So we're going to freaking hit the final segment, the freestyle finale, folks. I love you all! I'm a pit